Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of This Time Around podcast. I am Debbie Hazelton. This might also be on YouTube. I don't know yet, but at any rate, I have said I'm going to be here once a week, and <laughs> here I am <laughs> about a week later from the last one. And I just got inspired thanks to my cat, Dear Chippies. 15 years old. Um, if he is still here in May, he'll be 16 years old. I've had him since May of 2007. Wow. And here it is, January 25th of 2023. Wow. Oh my gosh. Amazing. <laughs> uh, so, I'm talking today about touch. I'm talking about it from a couple of different points of view. You know, um, I was uh, licensed in the mental health field for quite a while, and I'm looking at whether or not I'm going to do it again. Um, I let it go. I let a lot of things go uh, on purpose when I came here, thinking that I was stopping being so wrapped up in the bureaucracies and and just really just being more in the spiritual realm and well lately I've been missing some of that uh missing some of the ways of working more with people um in the not yeah maybe in the mental health field but also in the massage field so I'm working on getting my license back and then seeing about getting it here. I happen to be in in uh, Dothan, Alabama, very close to the Florida line. But anyway, I think that our textbooks, our psych textbooks, are going to be real interesting after dealing with COVID and all this social distance that's been enforced and people being in masks and um, having these lines on floors that people are supposed to stay within, all with this distance, all with this distance. And at the same time, when I came here to live, I put a lot on hold a lot of personal uh, kinds of things on hold and decided to focus even more on spirituality and to focus more on helping the people around me, which is great and important, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about taking care of somebody with Alzheimer's dementia. Learned a lot about helping to take care of someone who had a stroke and... Um, all kinds of different things that go with all of that. And really also enjoyed and have enjoyed and still do enjoy um, the people that I live with and the ways that we all work and play together and have a lot of fun. Um, but somewhere in the course of it in the last, uh, I don't know, couple of months, I began to realize that I had put a lot on hold, a lot of thoughts and feelings and ideas on hold about touch. And so a few minutes ago, 
um, my cat was indicating that he wanted something. And I put his food down and some new dry food in. And, you know, he was like, "Mm, okay. And he ate a little bit. He still was following me around. And then I walked back there and he ran back there. And I put my hand in his food and I jostled it around a little. And then he came up and he ate a little more while my hand was had been there. And he was purring. And he seemed a lot happier that I put my hand in his food and that I put my hands on him and stroked him while he was eating and he was purring. And I said, okay, it's time to do a podcast and talk about some of the thoughts that I have about it. I think there are certainly people who don't want touch or who are just not real, (laughs) as the saying might go, touchy-feely. Well, for one thing, I'm realizing, as I've known many times in the past, that we human beings have lots of feelings and that we need to be able to feel our feelings. And our society keeps us pretty busy and keeps things going in such a way where it's not always convenient to feel our feelings. And I said that in the talk that I put up online last week. I talked about that, that it's not always convenient to feel our feelings. It's not always convenient to to want touch and to to oh i don't know just have all the feelings that we might have about touch and so part of what i've been thinking about is that i don't think that in general i don't think that people talk enough about the kinds of touch they may or may not want. I mean, this body, this incredibly made body, you know, it carries us around and and it's so magnificently made and it does all kinds of work for us without us having to even think about it, especially while we're sleeping and the way that we breathe and the way that, that food gets digested and blood pumps throughout us for every organ, every cell, every tissue. It's incredible. I get excited about that. And then I think, wow, to not be able to necessarily be aware of even, or to get in, quote, touch with, what kind of touch do we respond to? What kind of touch do we want? What kind of touch do we need? What kind of touch makes a positive difference? And when I studied massage back in 2000, I very much wanted to study with Dr. Tiffany Fields. I wanted to go to the Touch Research Institute. I wanted to meet her and maybe do a work study there at the Touch Research Institute. And I remember that we we did work with some of the routines of kinds of massage that were researched and developed, oh, 
I think there was one for Epstein-Barr, people who had dealt with Epstein-Barr, or chronic fatigue syndrome, or, um, gosh, I'm trying to think. There was um, something else, maybe uh, some things that I had read about people uh, with autism. And basically, some of what I remember and have kind of experimented with and in talking with people is that oftentimes what's most effective is touch that is um, secure and it's full hand and even pressure and not hard but firm and not fingertip kinds of um, approaching, but it's, it's full touch and slow, but, you know, not, not, uh, not um, fast strokes necessarily, at least in, in developing rapport and, and um, helping people to feel really comfortable and helping people to um, say yes to that. So what I learned also is that's true with animals. So my cat, this 15-year-old cat, um, there was a time years ago that he was sick, and I was doing Reiki on him. And if you know about Reiki, it's a kind of hands-on healing approach, and sometimes it's hands above. Well, I learned that hands above was too intense for him. He didn't like it hands-on, and with that firm and full hand approach, and easy moving up and down, or not up and down, but um, moving down his back, moving um, hands on his sides, hands on his on his legs, um, you know, moving down his back, moving on his, uh, down his sides, all of that, that he likes a firm and full-handed kind of an approach. And it's just really interesting to consider how many times people don't always pay attention to what it is someone might want and don't always think to ask. So why would people not think to ask what kind of touch someone wants? Well, I can think of one big reason. People don't want to feel inadequate in not knowing, may not want to show that maybe they don't know, or that maybe it's sort of like, do I dare ask for directions? Or do I say that I don't know the meaning of a particular word? Or do I show that maybe I don't know? And yet, what if someone likes touch very differently than you? Or what if you find that you're doing things because other people have done touch a certain way, but maybe 
those things that are being done aren't necessarily what even you would want. I remember a guy once telling me that when his girlfriend and he were having sex, that she was saying, do you like it? Do you like it? Do you like it? And I asked him, he said, I really don't like her doing that. And I asked him, have you told her? And he said, no, because too much time has gone by and it would be too awkward. So it's fascinating to me because I think that there is a lot of touch that goes on that people don't always say. Like some touch might be too light and some touch might be too hard and some touch might be too jerky and the playful kind might be disruptive. It might not be peaceful. Or sometimes it's okay to be a, have a playful kind. And sometimes touch that is too slow might get too boring. So it doesn't make any of it wrong. It's just what is wanted and what is appreciated and what is needed and what works and what doesn't and where and when and all those kinds of things. So I began to really think about this and I realized that when I put a lot on hold for very good reasons, um, I forgot how important a lot of this is to me and I realized that originally when I came into the massage field, I knew that I wanted massage to be very nurturing for people and that the nurturing is the biggest facet that I bring. It's the biggest aspect of what I have always wanted to bring. And yet I did what I could to be like others and provide deep tissue and and some of the um, modalities and, you know, the dissecting of muscles and medicalizing of massage. And yet really that was never what I wanted to bring. What I wanted to bring was the healing energy. And it doesn't have to be called healing energy because you know, sometimes I, I think that people do a disservice or and it's not always liked, it's not always a smart thing to do to call oneself a healer. I have sometimes called myself a healing agent. But to be able to know that helping people feel better and providing an atmosphere where people can feel safe with touch and comfortable with touch. Because I remember hearing Patricia's son, a speaker years ago, say she believed that our bodies need to be loved. And I believe our bodies need to be loved. Now, loved, love gets all kinds of confusion. And really, um, I'm not talking about being unprofessional with that. I am saying, though, that I believe that as our bodies feel comfort-able, safe, uh, 
um, and able to trust that many times good things can happen in our bodies naturally just by the ease that can come. And there are times and people and places where working deeply on a knot to get it out is the right thing to do. And that can happen. But also that touch in our lives and paying attention to what someone is either communicating or demonstrating that they need in touch or what kinds of ways that can be communicated in our interpersonal relationships as well as in our um, professional relationships. But that those aspects of touch, I think, are real important. And I think that as we go forward, that's some of my peace to bring, whether it be in classes, whether it be in one-on-one um, talking. And, you know, there's a lot we can do in how we self-massage. There's a lot that we can do in how we even massage an arm and then the other arm or a hand or massage the face. Oh my gosh, I was getting a, a massage a few weeks ago and this wonderful therapist um, who I've really enjoyed his work got to the place of saying, okay, you know, I said, oh, we're done. And he said, yeah. And I said, no face massage. And he said, oh, okay, I can give you a few minutes. Well, I remember people saying to me, I said, what's, what's the best part of your massage today? Or what did you like the most? And I remember some people saying, my face, the face massage can be the most nurturing, the most beautiful. And um, so, you know, whether it's the face, and some people it's the feet, and some people it's the hands, and some people it's the shoulders. And the shoulders, it's very interesting. I remember um, Regina Ryan as a, general, uh, as a journal entry in the wellness workbook. She made the statement that the bulk of the word shoulder is should. That's fascinating. And I would often say to people when they would come in or to a chair massage or a table massage, and I'd say, is there any area you need me to concentrate on today? And they would say, my shoulders. Oh, the pain in my shoulders. Well, we get into shouldering a lot of responsibility and some of you have heard me talk about responsibility is not only chores, it's responsibility. As Dr. Fritz Perl said, the father of Gestalt therapy, free responsibility, the ability to respond. And wow, oh wow, oh wow, there's so much that is important to me in helping others with the ability to respond and to say that responsibility doesn't have to be about chores. It can be about choices. 
And it can be about freeing ourselves so much in the ability to respond. And so I would often say to people, oh, the shoulders, have you been shooting on yourself? And have you been shooting on other people? Well, David Roth has a wonderful song called Don't Should On Me and I Won't Should On You. And so sometimes not shooting on ourselves is a way of helping to relieve the stress in our shoulders, in our shudders. <laughs> and learning that we can, we can even massage our shoulders and we can do that with our hands. And we can also do that by lying on the floor and bringing our knees up so that our feet are on the floor and we can massage our backs and shoulders just by moving back and forth. That's very interesting. Um, we can do self-massage in a lot of ways. And actually, learning by touching your own self is a great way to learn what it is that you might want others to know in the kind of touch that you want, and learning more about the kind of touch that you want others to give to you. And my friend, Dr. Marilyn Volker, who will be on this podcast very soon, she's a sexologist, has been my best friend for many years, talks about five kinds of touch. And we will talk about that maybe next time. But yeah, five kinds of touch, eight kinds of intimacy, and the four T's. I think that I will save those and we'll talk about those next time. <laughs> next time on This Time Around. And I hope that will be next week's show that I will bring you. If not, then I won't leave you hanging with those, I will tell you. But five kinds of touch, just think about that. Maybe you only know one. Maybe you only know one. She told me about a couple who said they only knew sexual touch and, and they were struggling, maybe with boredom. That's very common. Maybe with other things breaking down in their relationship. I used to notice with Marilyn that she would end up talking with people a lot more about relationships and relationship issues and other things. And I'd say, that's interesting. You're a sexologist. Isn't that interesting that you're talking with people more about relationships? And she would say, well, yeah, because really it's all the relationship issues that are causing the problems with sex. So she said to these people who said that the only kind of touch that they know in their relationship is sexual touch. She said, well, do you have any animals? Well, yes, they did. And she said, well, do you touch them sexually? And they said, oh, good heavens, no. She said, well, do you touch them in any other ways? And she said, yeah. They said, yes. And she said, why do you do that? And they said, to connect. And she said, well, yes. Then isn't that more of what we need? We need to be able to connect. It's not just the mechanics of sex. It's about connecting. Well, I think many of us 
people who said, oh, I'm tired of the virtual. I want to be with people. Well, yeah. I used to think, oh, well, once I'm connected with somebody on the phone, well, that's really great. Well, sure. But touch is equally so important. Our animals know it. Our children know it. Our patients in hospitals and other healthcare facilities know it. And many are so hungry. Many are so hungry. I used to read or hear about people who would be in hospitals because they weren't getting touched any other way. And so getting sick was a way of getting touched. Well, that's really backwards. And people being hypochondriacs because they wanted attention. And so they would, accru- would create a way of saying they didn't feel well to get it. Wow. I can remember my mom touching my forehead to see if I had a fever as a kid. Well, isn't that a kind and loving touch? Well, what if that's the kindest touch that a child gets? What if the other kinds of touch are things like spankings and, you know, pushing and shoving into, I don't know, into clothes or go to school or do this, do that. And then there's this kind touch of, do you have a fever? So, yeah, yeah. I hope I've said some things today that have, that give you some things to think about or that have touched some important places in you um, or in your life or in your ways of, of thinking and feeling and being. Being, not just doing, being in this life. I wish you the kinds of touch that you need and want. And I wish you the ways of outreaching, in-reaching and outreaching your hands to give the kinds of touch that others around you are wanting and needing. So I will be with you again for the next issue of this time around. Thanks for joining me today. I am Debbie Hazelton, and that's how you can reach me. I am at debbiehazelton.com. You might want to put something about this podcast in the subject line so I know that you're spam, not spam, <laughs> that you're not spam, because you know what? I don't like to eat it or read it. I don't like to eat spam, and I don't like to read it. But if you put something in the subject line, then I'll know to uh, take you sp- uh, seriously. I will know that I have <laughs> the ability, the response ability to read your mail. <laughs> so thanks for being here today. Bye for now.